Injured in a car accident? It's about money. Your money. Your settlement. We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery? You pay no fees or costs. We strive to get you more at LawyerUp904.com. Moments like this, these last two football games, being able to do what we've done, energize a city, right? Energize a, a, a town, energize fans. Uh, it's only going to make us better moving forward, and that's the part that I'm excited about. No one, no one thought we should be here, and we just kept believing, and it was really cool, really cool to be a part of, and, and it was special, and like I said, just the beginning. You know, I, I go back to April, and I, I told the team in April, I said, expect to play playoff games on the road in Cincinnati, Buffalo, and Kansas City. You know, I think that was this this year, obviously, was huge for, for this organization, for our city, for just our franchise, you know, moving forward, and, and it kind of sets the bar of, of, of who, who we're going to be and, and what we're going to do moving forward, and and that's the mindset, and, the, and we won't settle for less than that. And this this won't be this won't be the last you guys hear of us. So we'll be back. This boy got a hit. Ten Ten XL ninety two point five FM presents Jaguars today with your host Mike Dempsey. Tony Smith, and E to the T. All right, good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Jaguars today off and rolling, as Trevor Lawrence said. It won't be the last you hear from these players, this team, although it'll be the last you hear from the players on this show for a while. Right? There's, uh, yeah. It's vacation time. Everybody's taking off. Not us, Tony. Yeah. I mean, we are on a we permanent are, vacation. Yeah, we are in the don't want to hear anything about what you're doing season. Right, like it's like good for you vacation, okay, but that's not going to be in the news update. Please not. Like anything that is newsworthy is probably not great here right. over the next few months. Uh, the scene in Cabo is local authorities. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, none of that with this Jacksonville Jaguar team. Too level-headed, Tony. I really don't feel like it can happen to any team. For sure. It happens all the time, but uh, I don't really have any fear. This is not seemingly a, an undisciplined bunch that they've got here, so I uh, don't think that'll be an issue. We will hear uh, today – uh, a little bit from the general manager of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Trent Balky. Uh, still getting a few texts in this week. Okay, now can we get back to firing Balky? Like, I mean, you can scream at clouds all you want. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen. Uh, they're not firing Trent Balky, and uh, certainly, if they didn't fire him last off season, they're not firing him now after a terrific wave of free agent signings. And yes, did all the draft picks a hit to an A plus level? Absolutely not. Yeah. Right? I mean, it'll be an ongoing story. Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd. And I get it. Devin Lloyd made the all-rookie linebacker team, which tells me probably there weren't a lot of great candidates at linebacker, quite mm-hmm. frankly. He was the rookie of the month defensively for the first month of the season and then ended up getting benched later on in the year. So, I mean, look, I, I hope Devin Lloyd turns into a multi-time pro bowler, but there are questions about the draft class, and that's fine. Uh, you know, if, if you had to hit on every single draft pick, to an A-plus level and every, I mean, as much as they hit on the free agent class, and that wasn't perfect, but it was pretty damn good. Uh, that would be one of the great all-seasons in NFL history, probably. Yeah, and look, I, I get it. We're doing a show that has a global reach, but that doesn't mean we have the ear of the owner, 
right? Who is the only one that can make the decision on whether or not Trent Baalke is going to be the GM. And as he's he said last year, and there's no reason to think it's going to change now, Trent Baalke's the general manager of the Jaguars and will be going into the 2023 season. We'll see how 2023 goes and if they want to make a move beyond that. But uh, And like you said, I understand the frustration with the direction that they went in the draft with the number one overall pick. I understand the frustration with trading up to go get Devin Lloyd and then that guy having to be benched halfway through the season and then drafting another middle linebacker a couple rounds later with your next pick. Uh, that you had in this year's NFL draft. There have obviously been things that can be questioned, but if you're remaining on the they need to fire Trent Baalke train, you're just screaming at clouds, like you said. Yeah, I mean, there's I mean just, you can, there's you can nothing, feel that way, and right. you're entitled to feel that way right. if you and want You can to. express that opinion, but it's not one that's going anywhere right no. now. No, uh, and uh, if you are wondering if we'll pick up on that thread, look, we thought last year we would have moved on from Trent Baalke. But, 100%. Uh, you know, and – uh, had they moved on from Trent Baalke, I'm not convinced they couldn't have had the same kind of success with the right GM hire. But, look, the bottom line is they hired the right coach. Mm-hmm. They signed a bunch of impact-free agents for this football team. Uh, they drafted enough guys that helped them that they were able to turn it around from having the worst record in the league two consecutive years to winning the division, winning a playoff game, and on we go. Uh, is that perfect? No. But uh, in addition to that, they also picked up the rights to Calvin Ridley this offseason, yes, which uh, which uh, funnels into our question of the day here, presented by Chad and Sandy Real Estate. It is a poll question, uh, and we ask you to choose one of these options as if you could only have one of these options. If only one of these things could happen this offseason, which one would you choose for the Jacksonville Jaguars? And you may think all of them are going to happen. That's not the point. The point is... If you could only have one, what's the most important one? Somebody replied, well, I picked B because I assume A is going to happen anyway. I said, I have now disregarded your vote. <laughs> okay, your vote does no no longer count. Play the um, game, guys. Yeah, it's it's not that difficult. Right. Um, that Your choices, and there are only three, because what we're thinking about doing kind of a which free agent is most important to re-sign. Thought it would have been a runaway for Evan Ingram, right? Just there's yeah. so much positive feeling towards that reunion, keeping him here. He wants to be here. The front office wants him here. They want to avoid using the franchise tag. They want to work out something. Will it assuredly happen? No, but I feel pretty confident it will happen. But the question is, if you can only have one, would you have Calvin Ridley reinstated, which means he is under contract for the Jacksonville Jaguars for the 2023 season. That's the last year on his deal, yep. by the way. That this is, But you'd have Calvin Ridley in your lineup. You wouldn't have Evan Ingram. You wouldn't have Jawan Taylor because those are the other two options. Would you rather re-sign Evan Ingram? Meaning, oh, Calvin Ridley will not be reinstated. Look, I believe Calvin Ridley will be reinstated. Can't know that 100%. I don't know what Calvin Ridley's been up to, right? I mean, I assume he's been smart enough to not run afoul of anything that would get him suspended any longer. I would have thought he would have been smart enough not to bet under his own name, knowing full well you're not allowed to gamble on sports when you're in the National Football League, but that wasn't the case. Um, or would you rather re-sign Juwan Taylor? And that's getting the most votes because I think a lot of people figure, well, if we don't re-sign Juwan, we've got Walker Little, and that's mm-hmm. fine. All right, so those are your three options on the uh, Chad and Sandy Real Estate question of the day. Uh, we'll talk about that as we go along today. Donovan Darius is going to join us here in about – 15 minutes or so, uh, John Osier in hour number two as we look back on the season that was. Remember, we got a call on the uh, scoreboard show after the game 
on Saturday evening uh, from Monty in Australia. Do you remember that? I do, yeah. And everyone laughed at me. They, I, I said, hey, Monty, do you know Craig Fordham, otherwise known as Aussie Jack? And everyone's like, you realize Australia's a big country, right? <laughs> they well, get yeah. connected? Aussie Jag and Monty are now do know each other. Ah, so here we go. Get off my back, all right? As Aussie <laughs> Jag sent me a DM, uh, Monty Lord Chokito, uh, his bio is two-time Canely Cup champion. I had to look that up. I'll tell you in a minute. He's a pharmacist, a lover of Port Adelaide Football Club, the Perth Wildcats, the Chicago Bulls, WWE, don't tell Tony Khan, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars and Katy Perry. So we made it in before Katy Perry. All right. Right? And uh, so anyway, Monty and well, still new Aussie Jag have hooked yeah. up. <laughs> and maybe so. Maybe he's climbing the ranks. Right. Like it's MySpace. Like that's how his Twitter works. It's like MySpace. You got to move up in those top eight places. Is that what it is? I think so. I don't recall what MySpace entailed other than Tom was our friend, I think. Yeah. Was it Tom? I think it was Tom. Yeah. Um, so the Canely Cup, Tony, or, or actually it's the Canley Cup. It's mm-hmm. spelled like it'd be Canely, but it's the Canley Cup. It's a district-wide event that aims to raise non-perishable foods and money for the community uh, with access, uh, you know, um, it, it ha- it's, it's something that happens, I think, in Australia and maybe Canada. I'm not quite sure, but it's a, it's a thing where you raise um, basically donations for the community, which is okay. pretty cool. I didn't yeah. know. I was like, wow, is this guy like some kind of a superstar athlete or something? No, he's a superstar uh, fundraiser, I suppose. So anyway, welcome to the family. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Monty uh, and Jaguars Twitter. Because they wear teal go and he loves him. Jaguars as an animal. Yes. Um, yep. Yeah, that that, that's what it was. explanation for why he became a Jaguars well, he said, fan. He said, I like teal. And I swear to you, <laughs> I thought he was saying I like tail. Like, a Jaguar has a tail, E. That would be the innocent explanation for I it. I like animals with tails. I, I wasn't quite sure where he was going. And I'm like, oh, teal. He said, because he has the Australian accent. It's, you know, Uh it's a beautiful accent. It just doesn't (laughs) register immediately (laughs) to my ears, right? So you can find Monty. Go give him a follow on Twitter if you want to, uh, Jaguars Twitter, at uh, Marty Chokito. And that's Marty with two A's. I have no idea what any of that means. R-T. He's probably like, ah, I got him to say it. You know, whatever. You did. You did. So, again, we'll hear a little bit from... Uh, Trent Balky today, maybe a few from Doug Peterson. We haven't gotten to any of his season wrap-up press conference from Monday because we were doing Check the Tape Tuesday, obviously, yesterday. And we'll take your calls today. If you want to talk about the Jaguars, looking back on the season, you can talk about this game. You can talk about anything you like uh, in terms of draft. Now, I'll tell you this. I've not been locked in on the draft. I haven't even really paid any attention. Now, occasionally, when a mock draft comes out, I'll go, okay, let's see who they have the Jags taking more out of a do they have the right position kind of thing, um, you know, or at least are they looking at a position that I think is going to be a position of need. And uh, now that we know they're settled into the 24th pick, which, by the way, they're 24th because Miami doesn't get a first-round pick due to their, what, tampering with Tom Brady and Sean Payton situation. Is it that? It's that more so than than anything that happened with Flores, right? I think the Flores Correct. thing is a whole separate different yeah. issue, and that's playing out. Yeah, this is the Brady tampering. Right. So, uh, anyway, had the Jags finished 
lower than the Dolphins, they wouldn't have gotten the benefit of moving up one pick, right? So mm-hmm. uh, they otherwise would have the 25th pick, so you get the 24th pick. So it's like you jumped up one spot. Miami doesn't get a first-round pick because they're dirty, rotten cheaters is what they are. And they're still um, one of the worst two teams in the state of Florida. I don't know. You know, you guys decide whether it's the Bucks or the Dolphins who's the worst. doesn't matter to me. Neither one of them managed to advance in the playoffs. That much I do know. But the state of Florida did represent well with all three teams getting into the postseason. So, uh, if you want to get in today, be a part of the program. 641-1010 is the number on the phone lines or the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Or hit us up on Twitter, at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL Fat Tony, and at IME2, the T. Come on, somebody. All right. Uh, Donovan Darius is at somebody. He's going to come on next and uh, chat it up and tell us where it went wrong for the Jags versus the Kansas City Chiefs and what his level of optimism is heading into this offseason as well and what he thinks maybe is the biggest priority for the Jags uh, to accomplish this offseason, whether it's one of the ones on the list or not. So your question of the day, once again, if only one of these things could take place, would you rather have Calvin Ridley reinstated, the Jags re-sign Evan Ingram, or the Jags re-sign Jawan Taylor? Those are the three options we're giving you today in our Twitter poll, AdamD underscore 1010XL. You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Now more Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, before we get double D up here, there was a report that there had been five finalists named for NFL Coach of the Year. Mm Mm-hmm. And subsequent reporting has indicated they're down to three finalists, that the top three. So maybe it was like five, but the top three vote gators have been kind of leaked as to who. I don't know how it is, but exactly. But uh, either way, Doug Peterson's in the three and the five, the five and the three. Uh, The five were said to be Giants head coach Brian Dable, 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan, Eagles coach Nick Sirianni, Bills head coach Sean McDermott, and, of course, Doug Peterson. Uh, Take McDermott and Sirianni out. And Dable, Shanahan, and Peterson are reportedly the three finalists for the Coach of the Year, which will be announced on February 9th at the NFL Honors Gathering. So there you have it. Uh, mm-hmm. We're all pulling for Doug Peterson. And look, I get it. Like, if you're Kyle Shanahan, <laughs> the last pick in the draft, quarterback in, didn't lose a game. That's pretty good. It's not bad. Right? Yeah. I mean, I get it. We don't have any Pro Bowlers on this team, we won the division. And went from worst to first in the AFC South. I, I'm voting for Doug Peterson. Not that I have a vote, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But mentally voting for Doug Peterson. But all these guys have Yeah, all five of the guys stories. mentioned were really good coaches yeah. this year. I mean, Brian. And that's leaving a guy like Andy Reid out, right? You, like you, it's, you, you can look at Brian Dable and say, look what he did with Daniel Jones and didn't have the weapons that Trevor Lawrence had to throw to. Sure. For instance, I'd rather have the Jags weapons, you know, Maybe sans uh, Saquon Barkley, but in terms of the pure pass-catching weapons, you know. For sure. Evan Ingram yeah. versus Daniel Bellinger? Come on. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and Christian Kirk versus any one of those receivers. Zay Jones, honestly, versus any one of those receivers this year. So, anyway, um, Doug Peterson reportedly a finalist in the final three for Coach of the Year, and uh, we're all hoping he gets it. That would be fantastic. Uh, so, let's welcome in our man, Donovan Darius, who, like the rest of us, took in this game this weekend and has some thoughts. Double D, how are you? Good morning. Hey, I'm doing pretty good, gentlemen. Good morning, man. So happy about the uh, the season as a whole, man. I was you know, just so proud of him, man. I, I think I said it about a month ago. I was I put out a post on Facebook, you know, about thinking that Coach Peterson should be Coach of the Year because of what he really did 
you know, from turning this team, like you said, from worst to first, especially after the disaster of what was, what, you know, our situation was last year, to really just come in and with all of that pressure and with, you know, just the morale and everything and just to turn it around, man, it, it really does say a whole lot about his ability, you know, to lead the team. Donovan, we know they're not going to be able to keep this 53 together, right? There will be guys that will be gone. There will be new guys coming in. What's it like as a player when you leave that locker room for the last time in any given season, knowing that there are a bunch of guys that will no longer be your teammate here in just a matter of weeks? Well, I know there's a saying sometimes people say, you know, don't cry because it's over. Be happy because it happened. And I think one of the things as a player, you understand that this is a business. And all you can really do is just focus on the present and just maximize your opportunity. And so, you know, from one to from one year to the next, you can be on one side of the country playing for one team, and the next year you can be on a different team. And so, you just really just, uh, you know, relish just the and be grateful for the opportunities that you had, uh, the, the the history, the stories, the journey, everything. And so, understand that this team will will look a little different next year is not a bad thing. I mean, I think one of the greatest things that happened this year, especially under Coach Peterson, is the fact that he allowed Jacksonville to be on a, in the spotlight to say, hey, this can be a place that people actually want to come now. You know, people used to think that, hey, their their careers can end in Jacksonville and uh, this wasn't really a, gr- a great place because of the records. But I just think that with everything he's done in this year as far as and, and the players have done, it's really opened up the eyes for free agents. It's opened up the eyes for guys to say, hey, we actually want to stay here. We don't just want to kind of come and leave. We want to, you know, try to do something we can do to uh, to create a long-term long-term situation here. All right, Double D, let's talk about this game uh, from a safety's perspective. Uh, it was frustrating to a lot of people, and I know how good Travis Kelsey is. We all do. But he didn't go out there every week and catch 14 passes either, and he did this week. Um how would you try to defense Travis Kelsey? Let's play it that way. If you are, you know, if they come to you, Donovan, what's the best scheme for trying to take away one of the all-time great pass-catching tight ends? What's the best approach, in your opinion? Well, you know, there, there's a couple. Again, you can't go in the whole game just with the same type of coverage. I think it's a combination of man-to-man coverages. We used to call them uh, whatever the defensive front was, it would, and then we would, the coverage would be called one Y. That just means that one of our best safeties would be on that tight end no matter where he goes. Also, when you do that coverage of one Y, it means that there's a middle linebacker who is free in the middle of the field, you know, about five to ten yards back. So here's what you have. You have a safety coming down, you know, with outside leverage, and if that, if that, if that tight end runs across the middle, you not only have the safety covering them, but you also have the additional leverage and additional, uh, you know, help from a linebacker. So that's, that's one way. Uh, another way to do it is you can actually have – you can do it where the, the two linebackers actually double the tight end. That means if he goes out, uh, if he goes out, then this linebacker has, he goes in, that linebacker has. But the greatest thing about Travis Kelsey is that he runs a lot of option routes. And him and Patrick Mahomes just have such a great timing and sense of awareness that they know that based off of where the leverage of the defense is, he's going to, you know, Patrick Mahomes would just throw it opposite of that. And so, again, you don't expect to have a tight end 14 passes in the game and and really just you know two touchdowns and everything that he had but you have to really change it up and I think uh several times when I watched the game um I actually paused it with the people that was here and was just kind of showing them hey uh it was one of those things where we were out of coverage or you know the linebacker that came over that needed to take him he actually overran him especially on that one touchdown we had I think it was a Luacon um 
But it's one of those things you have to you have to mix it up. You have to combine it. But again, Patrick Mahomes and and, and Kelsey, uh, they're going to be Hall of Famers for a reason, you know. And that's because they do they know what they're they're doing. They have such a timing and such you know they're on same, the same rhythm and same page that it can be challenging either way. But if you can just contain them and keep them from doing you know some of those things and just kind of mix up your coverage, I think you have a, a better chance. The noise surrounding uh, Jaguars defensive quarter Mike Caldwell was pretty loud about midway through the season, Donovan, but it kind of died down towards the end of the year. The run through the wild card round, it popped back up this week with what happened with Kelsey and that Chiefs offense this week. What are your thoughts on the job that Mike Caldwell did this week and overall this season? I think, I mean, I, if, if I was to give him a grade, I'll give him a, you know, a grade of, of good. Um, it wasn't necessarily great, but it was good. I mean, he put together a defense, and they put in new guys here or there, you know, the guys going down on injury and everything, uh, with, with, with even just some of our young players, you know, Trayvon Walker and all of them, and just really trying to find out, okay, who, what type of players do you have and what are they good at? And I think a lot of the time through, throughout at least half of the season, a lot of it comes down to you trying to figure out what do our guys do best and what is the identity of our team. And I think he tried to do whatever he needed to do to put guys in the right position. As I said, I never seen a coach make a play. So that means the players have to make the play. So there was a lot of missed tackles. There was a lot of missed assignments. And some of that comes with a new team just coming together, not playing together. I think next year it's going to be even better. I think he did a good job as an overall coordinator, putting us up in different, you know, different situations. You've seen the, the impact that Rayshon Jenkins had uh, with, with safety blitzes. And, again, it takes a lot of guts and it takes a lot of courage you know, and it takes confidence to, to put those type of plays in, to blitz your cornerbacks, blitz your safeties, blitz your linebackers, put them in coverage too. So, again, it's a game within the game, and I think overall he did a good job. So what's the biggest need we have on the defensive side of the ball? If you could go and add a, yeah. a blue chipper either through the draft or free agency. Yeah, you know what? It would definitely be a cornerback. It, I think it would definitely be a cornerback. We need help on the edges out there. We, we've given up too many plays, especially late in the game. Um, on the corners, guys were actually in the right place, but they needed to be able to finish. And I just think that adding, you know, adding depth there. We lost our, you know, Shaquille. We lost, you know, uh, Hernan. Uh, he's the free agent and so on, so on. So I think that we, we can add some great additions, free agency or in the draft on the corner. I think it's good. The other thing I also think too. I mean, with with Josh Allen and, and Trayvon Walker, you know, when you look at it, we didn't have, you know, uh, anybody in double-digit sacks. And so, again, that's right there in and of itself. If those guys can increase up front in the pressure that they get on quarterbacks and, you know, possibly sacks and everything like that, it, it helps the corners and it helps the safety. So I think overall, uh, hopefully it's, a, it's a, an additional growth and development for Trayvon Walker, and he can get into double-digit sacks as we expect, Josh Allen, uh, if he can really put those numbers in, Arden Key, he came in and did a great job, you know, in his role. I think that it really helps the secondary as well. So it's, it's all a combination, but I definitely think the biggest need is that corner. Donovan, you've shared with us through the year uh, how you felt about Trevor Lawrence as we were going through the season. How do you feel about his season overall now that it's done? Well, I think overall he had a, he had a good season as well. Um, you know, a lot of times the team goes as far as the quarterback can go, and I think that. From my standpoint, Trevor Lawrence, you know, he took a step. He took a great step in the right direction. You know, again, you don't get drafted first in the NFC, you know, first in a draft um, because you're, you know, you're a scrub. You know, you're expected to come in, you know, and a lot of times you're expected to come in in your first year and not have a great year because you got to get used to the speed, the timing, the rhythm, 
of everything on this pro level. But in your second year, that's when you look for you know for you, you look for people to have more timing, more understanding, you know, uh, you know, there's just a rhythm, you know, just on your side. And I think that's what he did. Having four thousand, you know, passing yards this year is a great way for him to see. You know what? Last year is behind me. You know, this year he really built upon what he can do, and then hopefully next year he continues to go. I I continue to say like his best throws was basically within ten yards, and you know, from the from the line of scrimmage in ten yards. Those quick passes getting him out because he throws the ball very, very, very fast, you know, and the guys just barely have a time to adjust to it. But I think the more he goes and the more he gets rhythm with his guys, uh, then he'll continue to hopefully add to his, his game, you know, his passes in the medium range from about 10 to 20 yards or even the ones, you know, the long balls. And so everybody in this league, you know, has, has a way to, you know, to, to develop. You've never really arrived. And I think with him and his mentality, his, you know, the positive attitude he has towards, you know, getting better and leading his team. I think he can grow. He can grow and build on what he did this year. All right, Double D, uh, we'll let you leave us with this. Uh, your thought on today's question of the day presented by Chad and Sandy Real Estate. If you could only have one of these things happen and the others would not happen, which one would you choose for the Jaguars? Would you rather that Calvin Ridley gets reinstated by the NFL and therefore he's eligible to play for the Jags this upcoming season? Would you rather have them re-sign tight end Evan Ingram or would you rather have them re-sign right tackle Jawan Taylor? Which one of those things is the most important? Wow. Man, I was when you said Evan Ingram, I was like, yep. But then when you said Jawan Taylor, um, I think, again, if the quarterback doesn't have time to throw the ball to anybody, then it doesn't matter who you have at wide receiver. It doesn't matter who you have at tight end. So my the biggest thing is we see we see and we saw through the history of the league, of uh, generation of the NFL, how important the offensive line is. And so I think Jawan Taylor would be my number one, um, definitely me. All right, uh, Jawan Taylor. He's got the uh, fewest votes of anybody. Everybody wants those flashy skill position guys, Donovan. That's yeah, the but if you, don't have, if you don't have the time to throw the ball, if you don't have the time to throw the ball, it doesn't matter how flashy those guys are. They're just going to be looking – you know what I mean? They're just going to be looking to line it back up for another run play. No doubt. Well, let me ask you, though. Are you, uh, like, based on how Walker Little played down the stretch, if Cam Robinson returns healthy, how do you feel if they did go with the Cam Robinson-Walker Little pair of bookend tackles? Well, I mean, I think that's an opportunity, man. I mean, you, you, you never want to just have just two great sure. guys. I think, uh, you know, one of the teams, uh, I can't remember, I don't know if it was Bengals or whoever, they had two two rookie tackles. I mean, those guys really stepped up. And so, again, I just think the offensive tackles – is a premier just like the the game starts and ends with your your front lineman, your defensive lineman, your offensive lineman. I think you got to secure that in order for you to do anything for the run and or the pass. All right, my man, uh, Double D. We'll look forward to catching up with you whenever uh, we can throughout the off season. Appreciate all the uh, insight that you've provided for us on your many visits here on Jaguars today, and uh, continued all the best to you. Appreciate it, man. Enjoy the fellas, man. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for Jacksonville's support, man. That was great this year. Uh, we'll do it again, and let's hope uh, go even deeper next time around. There he goes, Donovan Darius out the door. Johnny O coming in next hour from Jaguars.com. Let's hear from your hashtag Balky Masterclass. General Manager coming up next. Trent Balky speaking with the media yesterday. We'll bring you some of his thoughts straight ahead. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. <laughs> I think you're always looking to keep as many players in the nest as you can. You know, you work hard to draft these guys or, or to secure them uh, through various methods, whether it's free agency or the draft, and 
college free agency, a lot of different ways these guys come onto the team. But once they've proven themselves not only on the field but in the locker room, those are the, t- the core guys you want to build around. Now more Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. It was a beautiful thing this year, you know, not be sappy about it. Tony, we talked about it many, many times. Um, you know, you go after guys with good football character, sometimes they can't play a lick, right? You go after guys who are just outstanding on the field, sometimes they're a problem off the field. When you can get the, the mix of both and you can do it to the level that the Jags did, mm-hmm. I mean, who's the – I'm sure there's a – always going to be a disgruntled player or two, right? I mean, but you're just not hearing about it, right? Oh, it, yeah. It's uh, You're not getting these anonymous leaks like this is unfair or this guy is getting treated differently or whatever the gripe might happen to be. Um, you know, and you love – like you look at a guy like Arden Key. What is his, his value in terms of actual contribution on the field? I don't know how to quantify. I don't know what the number is, right? Mm-hmm. But then you factor in the fact that he just seemed to genuinely love being here. He was a ringleader, almost, of sorts, right? Like, one of the more vocal, follow-me type energy guys on the defense this year, I thought, anyway, whenever he was on the field, he was making that kind of impact felt. Um, love to have him back. Don't know if it's in the cards, right? I mean, this team is over the salary cap. You can get under the salary cap, um, but, you know, <laughs> how far is yeah. the question. You got to get far enough under – to absorb Calvin Ridley, uh, Evan Ingram, whoever else you want to bring back, anybody else you want to bring in in unrestricted free agency, got to have room for your draft class, got to leave a little wiggle room left over for moves throughout the season as well. Well, and it's not the easiest thing to just recreate it year after year. Correct. Right? Especially the kind of chemistry this group had uh, in the second half of the season. And you have to have that if you're going to do what they did, right? To come back over. And over and over again, that takes a certain kind of mentality from that group of guys. So maybe there's a core that's developing that you can keep intact, and Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence are obviously going to be a big part of that uh, going forward for this football team. But it's you're never going to have the same group, right? And so you're going to have to figure out how to put it back together. Arden Key, who knows if he's going to be back in a Jaguars uniform, and he's not the only one. You know, there's a bunch of guys that they're going to have to figure out what to do, and it was a special group chemistry this year, and hopefully they can figure out a way to recreate that going forward and get better on top of that. That would be the goal from this point forward. Mm, man, I see Ridley is trending on Twitter. I mm-hmm. click on it, and I get declining number of Olive Ridley turtles on the oh. Chennai coast and also uh, many photos of Daisy Ridley, the actress. Okay. So, um, and then I go down about six posts, and finally there's some um, – <laughs> Calvin Ridley mixed in there, just helping bump those Daisy Ridley numbers, apparently. But, sure. But that's what we want, though. We don't want to hear nothing. It's offseason right, right now. We right. don't want to hear nothing. No, we, what we want to hear is fully reinstated. That's yeah. it. But I th- it's, it's February, February. February 15th, I 15th, believe. is that uh-huh. the date? Okay. Well, now we got uh, Doug Peterson, Coach of the Year um, announcement on February 9th, we hope. And then Calvin Ridley reinstatement shortly thereafter. At least that's when he's eligible to rein- be reinstated. Right. It doesn't mean that – you know, there may be a process that begins on that date. So, uh, the sooner the better um, with that whole situation. Get that situation. man that playbook. Let's get him the playbook, <laughs> man. I mean, look, he wants a fresh start. Are you kidding me? You know, he's got to be champing at the bit to get out there and catch some balls from the ever-improving 
number 16, Trevor Lawrence. So let's get into uh, some of the thoughts of Trent Baalke. I doubt we'll get to all of it today. He spoke for a long time yesterday. We'll bring you some of that today, and we'll sprinkle it in throughout the next couple of days, as well as some from Doug Peterson's season-ending press conference as uh, we play out uh, the week here. Mike DiRocco in tomorrow, Tom McManus on Friday, obviously. Um, talking about players wanting to be back in Jacksonville, you hear about this from time to time, the hometown discount. Do you think that any of that would be in effect with guys that would take maybe a little bit less to stay here in this environment? I, I think you can say at times that does occur. You know, does it occur across the board? No. But you want to create an environment where they want to, where they want to be. And Doug's done a great job. I think the entire staff's done a great job. This, this player group, it's a close-knit group, and it's – when you got a situation like we have, it's it's tough to leave if you're a player. So hopefully that works uh, to our advantage in getting them back. Whether that re- is reflective of the contracts or not, that's that remains to be seen. Look, I think what you got to do, Tone, is just give a fair evaluation mm-hmm. of the guy. You don't you don't go in and go, okay, we think he's worth player X is worth ten million. Let's offer him eight, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you know, don't play that game. If you make a fair evaluation and somebody wants to come in who has to overspend, as the Jags have had to do themselves, no doubt. trying to go out and get people from other teams in the past. Who was it? Uh, was it Devin McCourty was a guy. I think the Jags offered him more money. He said very close to taking it and ultimately decided to go back to New England, where a lot of guys would take that quote-unquote hometown discount because they're a part of a good environment they thought was conducive to winning football. And that's what they're trying to develop here. Uh, so as long as you're not being just a jerk about it, right, to try to squeeze a guy. I, I could see Evan Ingram having the fit that he had, talking as emotionally as he did about how much he had the best year of his life, the chance to continue to grow with a young Trevor Lawrence in a an offense that knows how to use the tight end. You know, I mean, what what is that worth, all those conditions, never mind the no state income tax. I already fit in well with my teammates. I, you know, I'm a part of the culture there. It'd be a seamless transition. So, you know, easy for me to say, but if somebody goes, I'll give you 12 and a half, and the Jags are offering 11 million per, I could, you know, from the outside looking in, go, that seems pretty reasonable that Evan Ingram might go for that. Maybe. And Evan Ingram, as you said, has expressed that he wants to be back here in Jacksonville. He's expressed it a couple times. Uh, the last couple times that he's talked to the media immediately after the game, and then on Monday, coming out of the locker room, the fans obviously want to see Evan Ingram back in a Jaguars uniform next year. And Trent Baalke was asked yesterday about their desire to get Evan Ingram back. You know, obviously we'd love to have Evan back. You know, and Evan and I – visited yesterday as he visited, went around the building and visited with everybody. I think it's mutual. Now we got to make it happen. You know, so that's something that we're going to work on with Evan and, and all the other free agents that we have. We have a list of them that we got to, we got to mow down one at a time. Yeah. I, to me, this is the easiest one. Like this is the one you start with, right? See if we can figure this out because then we know a, at least we've got the main component in that room. They're losing everybody but Luke Farrell mm-hmm. in terms of guys who are under contract right now. And it doesn't mean they won't bring some of those guys back, but I don't know. Is it a priority to bring back Dan Arnold? I don't know. He didn't do much this year. You know, you're going to have four guys in the tight end room probably, but if you had Evan Ingram that you know is your basically every down pass-catching weapon at that position makes the rest of the offseason fall into place a little bit easier, I think. What about Trayvon Walker? He was the number one overall pick, much debated. Uh, that's the way Trent Baalke opted to go. 
with the selection, jury's still out on whether or not that will turn out to be the right one for the long term. Here is uh, Trent Baalke's thoughts on Trayvon Walker's rookie year. I think Trayvon, like all these rookies, you know, it was a growing, it was a season of growth. And you're always looking at young players and usually that step between year one and year two is the biggest jump that these guys have uh, as players. But I think he did a lot of nice things. You know, and, uh, you know, like I talked to him a week ago, you know, the, the, that stat number that everybody has in their mind of sacks is, is in, in a lot of ways very overvalued. You know, there's a lot of ways to influence a game. And I think Trayvon, you saw him do it, uh, whether it be the run or the pass. He had an impact this year, and it's only going to get better from here. I I don't think it's overvalued, personally. I don't. I mean, mm-hmm. can, can it be a smidge, like, that's the only thing that's important? Sure. But when you talk about, you know, impacting the running game, I'm sorry. If you're drafting a guy to be a run stuff for number one overall, I, I don't think you're doing it right. Um, you know, Aiden Hutchinson had nine and a half sacks. I don't watch him every single week, Tony, but I'm guessing he impacted the run game as well. He was mm-hmm. known as a physical edge setter uh, at Michigan in addition to his pass rushing prowess. So while Trayvon may take a leap, and somebody said the other day, hey, look at what J.J. Watt did in his first year. He had five and a half sacks, and in his second year, he put up 20 and a half. If Trayvon Walker makes that leap, <laughs> we'll shut the hell up. Yeah. You know, uh, but, you know, Trayvon could add five sacks to his total. You go, oh, okay, now he's an eight and a half sack guy. What if uh, Aiden Hutchinson does that and he's a 14-and-a-half sack guy mm-hmm. and he's still doing all those other things? Look, so those two guys are going to be compared their whole absolutely. career. Absolutely. Like and everyone knew it. It's, this you had isn't your a choice, surprise and that it's, it's going to be that. compared. It's Thibodeau as well. It's, yeah. it's, all, it's, it's Sauce Gardner. It's every player. Yeah, you had the number one pick. You had the best player. Anyone you want, the whole lot of them, is this the best guy? Did he have an okay rookie season? It probably was an okay rookie season. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Eye-popping, that's for sure. It's not out of line with what I expected Trayvon Walker's rookie season to be. No, but that's because your expectations probably weren't that high. No doubt, but it's not like he didn't meet my low bar of expectations this year. They all expect much bigger things out of him. They better be right, right? Like Because I don't think they're going to be picking number one overall anytime soon. Uh, for this Jaguars team, so take advantage of it when you have the opportunity. We'll see if Trayvon Walker does develop going into year two and beyond. And Trent Baalke also yesterday, they had to use the franchise tag last year on Cam Robinson. Then they got the long-term deal done with him after they had placed the tag on him. And Trent Baalke said yesterday that they're hoping they don't have to use that tag at all this year. I'm hoping we don't need to use it. I'm hoping that we can, uh, you know, right now we're evaluating this team as, as a staff uh, Doug and the rest of the coaches are going through a process, an end of the season process that we have, that we've set up. Uh, our personnel staff is doing the same thing. We'll join forces tomorrow and meet for most of the morning to really put a plan in place for how we're going to attack this off season. Yeah, look, you never want to use it if you don't have to because players don't like it because they feel like their market value is getting suppressed but it's a tool and it's there for you to use it's collectively bargained I have no issue with the franchise tag being applied and don't you feel like I think they'll get something worked out with Evan Ingram but if they don't don't you think there's a pretty high likelihood that they're just not going to let him walk out of here I would think so right like like in their back pocket they know like I mean you're not using it on Jawan Taylor that's a no-go correct the offensive line number for way too high the franchise tag versus what you pay for a right tackle is out of whack right 
So, so can you get a deal done with Evan Ingram that you feel comfortable with financially that maybe right. even lowers that cap number, which is very plausible. Yeah. You know, you can have that signing bonus and have, you know, one or two years of guaranteed salary and and lower, you know, give him a low base salary this year. Yeah. But because he gets the bonus money, you prorate that out over several years. Maybe you cut his salary cap figure by several million and you yeah. save some cap space that way and still retain his services as opposed to the full 11 and a half or whatever it'd be under the franchise. Tag. And tight ends a different animal in the franchise discussion anyway. I mean, the Dolphins franchise tag Mike Kosicki and barely used him. Right. You know, like it's, it's the, the, one the, of the number is not yeah. so bad that if you get pushed to that point, you're like, no, we're not letting him walk. We know he's a good player. We're not letting this guy walk out the door. It's where it would end up, but I'm with you. I think they're good. Some kind of deal done. Feel, feel much better if you had like a deal that it's a reasonable expectation that Evan Ingram will play out at least the first three years of it here mm-hmm. in Jacksonville. And then you you go, okay, there's a weapon for the next several years. We got Kirk. We got Zay Jones. And we can get Ridley. And he shows that he's the player he used to be. We're going to get first crack at giving him an extension. And uh, maybe that's the core. And, you know, you can still take shots in the draft on field stretching receivers without the immediate necessity of that guy having to come in and make a major impact right away because you got a pretty decent foundation. Uh, when it comes, we talk about the salary cap all the time, the cap, the cap, the cap. Uh, Trent Bulky says, hey, cash outlay is more important than cap. Cash is more important than cap, right? There's ways to maneuver the, the, the cap and there's ways to extend things into the future. Uh, but you also got to be smart and diligent when you're doing that. So, Again, we're going to look at all of our options. We're going to meet as a staff tomorrow, go through what we our wish list is. Then we'll sit down with ownership. We'll sit down with uh, those that uh, work on the cap and contracts. We'll sit down with them, and and we have been. Uh, but we'll have a final, final, final meeting with them to really get the ball rolling for the future. All know they have to get under the cap, right? But what I what I hear when he says this is coming up with the number that you're willing to compensate the guy at is the most important thing. Because then once I give you that number, if I say it's three years, 40 million for whomever mm-hmm. that is player X three years, 40 million, how I structure it is going to determine how it impacts the cap. Could I add a couple of dummy years that we know are not going to really, you know, you know, with the ridiculous base salaries that are not guaranteed. So we can stretch out that signing bonus and spread it out. They're all, you know, ultimately you have to get under the cap. I think once they determine that number, though, it's not like Shad Khan's been shy to spend his money. I mean, he spent a record amount in free agency no, last yeah. year. He's so willing to spend the cash. I, I don't think that's going to be an issue. I think what Trent Balky's talking about is more from a, a roster management mm-hmm. standpoint. Okay, figure out what the cash is. Can we agree what your compensation is going to be? How much of it is guaranteed? How much of it is likely to be earned? Unlikely to be earned? all these different things. And once we agree on the compensation, then the structure of it, there's a lot of ways to go about it. But ultimately, you know, and we talked about it a little bit yesterday, you can only push it so far into the future, right? Do you want to push it there? Uh, Jeff Logman saying, hey, maybe you want to take the hit now because Trevor Lawrence's number is not so great this year. Then again, that cap is going to rise every year mm-hmm. as well. And you're going to be better able to absorb a – an elite quarterback contract in your salary cap and still have the wherewithal to go out there and put pieces around that guy and make it happen. All right, halfway home on Jaguars today. 
this morning. Our question of the day presented by Chad and Sandy Real Estate. Multiple offers on your home in three days or they will sell it for free. You can visit them online at chadandsandy.com. If you only could have one of these things happen this offseason, which would you choose for the Jaguars? We're almost at a dead heat between the top two choices. Calvin Ridley gets reinstated. Evan Ingram gets re-signed or Jawan Taylor gets re-signed. Nearly 600 votes and the top two choices are Ridley and Ingram, 47.9 to 47.7 right now. So it is uh, neck and neck as to which you think is the most important single maneuver out of those three that the Jaguars could pull off this offseason. Again, not saying they're going to be limited to only doing one, but if you knew they could only do one, which one would be your highest priority? John Osher going to join us coming up in hour number two. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Oh Knows with Jaguars.com's John Osher. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. On 1010XL. All right, here we go. Oh Knows. Johnny O from Jaguars.com joins us. A little post-mortem on the season. Sad, John, that it's over with, but it was a hell of a ride. How are you? How are things? Good. I mean, it, yeah, it's... Uh... Certainly for the uh, first couple of days afterward, it, it's, it was strange, wasn't it? Like, the, that it was over. I think Trevor said it best. There was that mix of a crush that it was over, and yet you could see how they're proud. I mean, they should be proud. It, yeah. It, 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 was, it was an amazing run. Yeah, I would think, uh, you know, they're even more frustrated than Jaguar fans are. You know, I think fans are like, you know, we've suffered so long. And I can't speak for all of them. I'm yeah. just talking about the, the the majority of what I've seen the reaction be. We've suffered this long. Hey, you know what? We stunk so bad. We're 3-7. and seven. We won the division. We swept Tennessee. We got some of the greatest home performances of all time that we'll never forget. Five-game run. What, I mean, just, unbelievable. just the, the – and the, not just the wins, the fashion in which they came. Yeah, right. Right? Just amazing. The historic playoff comeback, all that. Jags are probably like, damn it. <laughs> if we made this play, this play, yeah. this play, we are getting ready to take on Cincinnati this week. Yeah, there's no question they feel that way. I, I looked at it, um, you know, I was asked several times, do you think they should have won? I thought they could have won. Yeah. I couldn't make the case that they should have won. Uh, but what an amazing, you know, if, if Jamal Agnew doesn't fumble, they're three points down with five to play, and if they get a stop, they're in. You know, if Foya Lukin holds on to a, a sure. would-be interception, yeah. maybe they're not even trailing in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. it's just so many. If Christian Kirk catches a bomb early, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's the but nature of need, the playoffs. Yeah, right. It, it, to me, the other two would have been. I thought the difference in the game was the Jaguars needed those big play, big moments. The Chiefs won without. Sort of big play, sure. big moment. I thought yeah. they were, the, you know, but that's what number one seed who's been to the AFC, you know, championship game five years. Knows. That's why they're that. They're methodical in the playoffs, and they made themselves tough to beat. Well, it really is a picture of playoffs versus regular season, right? Yeah. You have those three or four plays in a regular season game you don't make, you lose the game. You're like, aren't clean it up, right. get ready, be better next week, right? right? Learn from the mistakes in the playoffs. Right. Hopefully the experience helps you in the future when you're in the playoffs in those kind of moments, but you don't have that next week to go, okay, we can get better this week. No. Yeah. We'll, we'll see you in six months and hope we're better. And I thought 
a, against a lesser team, you don't make those plays and you still probably have a chance to win. You know, but against a t- against even a against this team, team, they had a chance, right? right. I well, mean, well, even, even with like you probably win up until that team. fumble yeah. by Agnew. I mean, if they score on the next play, if Agnew hangs on the ball and it's first and goal with the three or whatever down it would have been, right? And they score on the next play. I mean, at that point, I would have been shocked if they didn't win because it was like we'd been down this road so yeah. many so times. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that I'd have been shocked only because. I just had that drive. I just had the previous Kansas City drive in my mind where they had gone down the field and scored without a third down. Yeah. And I just wondered if the Jags' defense was going to be able to get that team off the field. But but to your point, I had thought that before, and they had won. So well, Hold uh, them to one field goal. Yeah. You know, and then you do have the ball. Even if that next drive is a field goal for Kansas City, yeah. okay. Our guys got the ball down six. Let's go. Yeah, and uh, – that's been what I've sort of sorted through as, as I've written about it and talked about it. As much as I thought that Kansas City was making key plays at key times to win, the Jaguars had won that kind of game so often that you wondered if they couldn't do it. All right, we have a very specific uh, question today in terms of what one thing could happen out of a, a few this offseason, but I don't want to limit you to that. What, what is As it stands now, right, there are certain guys that are free agents. Maybe they'll be back. Maybe they won't. Maybe Calvin Ridley's reinstated. Maybe he's not. We don't sure, know, right? right? I, um, maybe Trayvon Walker develops as a pass rusher. Maybe he doesn't, right? Right. So, as it stands today, based on who is officially under contract, what is the number one priority for the organization, in your opinion, at this moment? For the offseason? Yeah. Um, there's so many. I. Can I loop Ingram and Taylor into one? No, you may not. Two guys sign. No, you may not. Um, then I'd say getting uh, Taylor signed. Taylor. Yeah. More right. so than Ingram, or y- yeah, for the long term, I think getting Jawan Taylor signed it is is really important. And I get, and I go back and forth. I mean, I can make a strong case for Ingram, but you want one answer. Oh no, no, and, so, and I do want because yeah. really the poll question we asked today is if you could only have one of these three things. Okay, yeah. It was Calvin Ridley's reinstatement. Right, Evan Ingram yeah. resigning, Jawan Taylor resigning. If only one of those could happen, you'd say it's Jawan Taylor. Yeah, I'm going to say Jawan. And again, I can see the argument for all three. Uh, well, the argument against Jawan is you might have an in-house replacement. Yeah, you might for have an in-house now. replacement, but he he was fantastic this year, and I don't know that you want to fantastic in pass pro, not great in run blocking. Graded out pretty bad, actually. He was probably their best player all year. Their best player. I, a consistently grading out, uh, he was he, not he was not run blocking. Well, we went, PFF had him as one of the worst run blocking tackles in football. Um, now, again, overall, I don't think that is yeah. nearly as important as pass blocking right. is in today's NFL. Um, I I would say getting him signed, keeping the offensive line strong, establishing that as a presence. Uh, I can say that very important. Okay, I, I'm not saying it's not but important. I just, you know, tomorrow I, don't know I have if, a case for Ridley. Do you think they'll ha- they'll have the cap space, the wherewithal to make that happen? Uh, I think they really, really want to. Uh, it's just a matter. I don't know because I don't know what uh, their agent. You know, I meaning Juwan Taylor's representation. Yeah, it, all of that. I don't know what their sense will be of the possible market. So who knows how that plays out as March 15th gets closer. Um, 
does he want to sign here? Does he want to go test the market? Once he tests the market, he gets very hard to get a guy back. I don't know how all that will play out. Yeah, it really depends. I mean, because as, as Tony was talking about, the offensive line franchise tag is significant right. compared to like if you want to bring back Evan Ingram on the franchise tag. Right. You don't. It's not ideal to ever use the franchise tag, but as a tool, you'd feel much better, I think, having Ingram back. Yeah. Right. Under that number. Yeah. And and, and getting a long term deal yeah. worked out, maybe where he could lower that cap hit. Uh, for Jawan Taylor, I do you think that that is their priority. I know that's what you think. Yeah, um, I don't know that they have. You know, I think they want it to happen. Uh, my guess is they want it to happen. Uh, I think they're realistic that it might not happen. Uh, so uh, there's a ceiling for it. I think there's a much better chance that Ev- that Evan comes back because I would be very surprised if Evan doesn't come back. I think both sides want to get it done, and I agree with you. The franchise tag makes sense. All that makes sense. Yeah, um, well, hopefully they don't have to go the franchise tag route with Evan Ingram. They right, hopefully some they kind don't. Of deal worked out. I'm just saying in a, in a vacuum where where if you can only have one of these three things, like if you don't have Evan Ingram back, your tight end room is Luke Farrell. True. That's it. Yeah. If you don't have Juwan Taylor back, you could play Walker Little at right tackle. Yeah. You know, and granted that – doesn't give you the kind of depth you had this year where you could afford to lose a starting tackle right. and have a guy step in. But yes, yeah, that's know. my thing with Juwan Taylor. I don't think you want to go into the. I think having three. I think they learned this year again. Most teams do. I think you need six or seven offensive linemen who can really play and not five. Sure. Uh, no, I think everyone feels that way. But at the same time, if you lose Evan Ingram, and and I'm not saying you can't do both. I'm saying in a world sure. where you can only do one thing, that. If you don't have Evan Ingram, then you got to consider maybe spending the first round pick on the tight end mm-hmm. position. And I can't see any way they're spending the first round pick on an offensive lineman. I'd be very surprised if yeah. they did with Cam and Walker Little. Right. And 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 you got to address corner. Yeah. You got to address pass rush. You got to address a lot of things. Right. So anyway, you in, know. In light of, I mean, I see your point. I I was probably on a Jawan Taylor kicks. I was thinking. Oh, it's about all right. Look, it's it's fine. But I can definitely see Donovan Darius said sense. that was his yeah. top priority too. Yeah. Was Jawan Taylor? I mean, it, it, that's why it's it's more like I'm playing a little devil's advocate sure. here, right? Because we want them all to happen. There's right. a good chance that all of them do happen, right? right? I, we all expect Ridley will be reinstated, but we don't know. I haven't been living yeah. with Calvin Ridley. I don't know. Sure. You know, Every, everything I've heard, I'd be really surprised if he's not. Me too. Um, but. Until it happens, it's not done, right? So you got that. You've got, we think that they'll work something out with Evan Ingram, but until they do, there's a chance that they don't, right? So if something turns, you never know. And and so if they could do both of those things, I would say Taylor, you know, bringing him, I'd I'd love to have, you know, keep your offense as intact as possible and add to it. And, And you're adding to it in the sense that in this scenario, Marvin Jones Jr. is out. Yeah, I think and Calvin right. Ridley is what yeah. we hope will turn out to be an upgrade. And then maybe you still draft the guy later on. And, and uh, you know, keeping in mind, they stayed healthy at the position again this year too, Which, right? So at wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right, right. you know, a guy like Tim Jones never had to play right. any kind of significant football. Um, I wouldn't mind having a guy percolating a little bit further down the depth chart, Tony, that I'm, I'm eager to get more reps on the field for. You <laughs> yeah, know? you remember in preseason when they got Kendrick Pryor, and it's like, well, let's see what this guy can do to be a deep right. threat. When he went well, active maybe, maybe for he a game will, though. day. Maybe. But maybe he'll be a guy you that – you never got tested that depth to even find out no if question. he's going to be that guy. Right, and, and even if you did, probably would have been the Tim Jones route, right? Like yeah. maybe Kendrick Pryor does turn into 
Maybe. something this offseason or not. But uh, you know, you're going to have to de- start to develop those kind of hidden mm-hmm. gem players because you're going to start getting into your upper tax bracket with the quarterback position yep. sooner rather than later. Uh, let's get Patrick in Orange Park in before we hit our break here. Uh, Patrick, you're on Jaguars today. Good morning. What's on your mind, buddy? Yes, good afternoon. I just wanted to say uh, in a perfect world we'd be able to get the lineman and Evan Ingram, but I think next year I'd hate to see us, you know, seven, eight, nine games into the season and we have a couple injuries to our offensive linemen and now we're shorthanded. I think we can – I think we can really reach out, like like Kansas City. They're playing Kelsey, Justin Watson, and Noah Gray. Noah Gray and Justin Watson are still on their rookie contracts. Why don't we find a team that's got good tight ends that won't cost us a fortune, but you know that are, are in a quality program? That and heck, if we bring one of those two over, you know, Doug Peterson, he was the offense coordinator for the Chiefs, so there's some type of you know some type of fluid uh, continuity there, a transition. But I, I tell you, in the, in the we we'll be hurting if I mean look at the Chiefs when they lost their two Pro Bowl tackles going into the Super Bowl. That turned into a track meet with Mahomes. The Jags can't afford that. They got to keep they got to keep our quarterback, you know, protected. And, and I tell you, it'll be a long season if we start getting injuries to that offensive line. Thank I you for your time. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Uh, look, uh, look, there's fair point. You want you want to have sure. quality players everywhere, but here's here's why. Okay, why would Kansas City? who has the cheap labor of Noah Gray, go, oh, you know what? We have this guy who's not costing us much and make some impact plays for us. Let's give him to you. Andy and Doug are tight. Uh, no. Hey. And, and by the Justin Watson's hey, Doug, receiver. Merry Christmas. Justin Watson yeah, weighs 215 pounds. He's not playing tight end for anybody. And beyond that, they are paying the big money for Travis Kelsey, and they're filling out the And they got to fill it room. out with like, an the expensive idea guy. Is Evan Ingram is the top of your tight end room right. guy. And you fill out the rest. You got to have four, right? right? So even if you bring in Noah Gray, okay, you might say, "Hey, well, you know what? Noah Gray could be a guy that could be somebody's top of the depth chart guy, and that may be the case, right? right? But what what is Kansas City's <laughs> impetus to give that up? They use two tight end sets. What if Kelsey got hurt? Then what are they doing? Yeah, right. So uh, I mean, he's a valuable piece for that reason, but he's valuable well, to Jaguars, Kansas City. He's valuable to everybody. Jaguars have three good receivers. They should give Zay Jones to somebody. <laughs> You look yeah. and you say, is this guy being no, utilized the way we would utilize him? Is it worth trying to pry him away? And maybe there's a price you could pay. I'm not sure. convinced I've seen enough out of Noah Gray to know that in, uh, you know, given a full-time, you're the pass-catching tight end role for some NFL team. He's only been in the league since last year. You right. know, and he, he's, he makes an impact because you get lost. Correct. You you lose him when you're focusing on Kelsey and some of these other guys, I think. And anyway. that's what happens when you've got big-time players, big-time quarterback. Uh, you can rotate those kind of guys in and out a little more, and they seem like impact players. And, and then when they go play with lesser quarterbacks, they're – Right, and I'm, not, by guys. and I'm not saying we have to take a backseat to anybody at quarterback. Like, I get right, it. Mahomes right. is more established. Right. But I'm expecting our quarterback Absolutely. to raise – Everyone's level. Well, that's of my play. point. Is that should start happening here? Correct. I guess is, what, is where we both get that. Um, it's it's time at, as you just said a few minutes ago, uh, the, the Jaguars need to focus and and develop their own Noah Gray. Right. That's what is that Luke Farrell? Is that right. somebody else they draft this year? But at the same time, like Tony said, at the top of that depth chart, Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Let's have a little less expensive version in Evan Ingram, yeah. who is. You know, you're not going to get Travis Kelsey. 
Travis Kelsey's one of probably the five best tight ends, and when it comes to just receiving, probably one of the three or so best of all time. Yeah. Right? I mean, he is that guy. Evan Ingram's good, but he might be, in any given year, one of the five best in the league that year. Not all time, and – but that's okay because most teams don't have a Travis Kelsey. Ever. You know? Right. So, if you've got an Evan Ingram uh, – put it this way. If you have a player playing to the level that Evan Ingram played this year, you're pretty good at the position, right? As good as they've ever been. As as, Exactly. At least as a receiving threat. Uh, Let's get Zane uh, checking in from Denver before we hit the break here, and then uh, we'll see what's on his mind. What's up, Zane? Uh, Here's a um, proposal I would think might work. Could they deal Cam Robinson? And maybe – I know he's like $4 dead money, but maybe get a pick, draft some offensive line depth, be able to save some money. We signed Taylor and Ingram. Um, he is twenty six million in dead money, which is four million more than he's going to cost you if he's on the roster. Is that Cam? But he's if he's off the roster, yeah. he's eating up twenty six million of your cap. So he's not counting only. It's not like he's only counting four. He's only counting four more than if he were on the roster. Right. They're not trading Cam. First no. of all, who's going to trade for a left tackle coming off a torn ACL? Right. I mean, and give you what exactly for him without knowing how he's going to come back from that injury. Right. I think they would say, here's how we improve our offensive line. Let's get Cam Robinson healthy. Yeah. You know, at least for this year. I, I You know, next year's a different story. Next year, he goes from a, a nearly $23 million cap hit on the roster to only $5 million off the roster. Completely different. He was signed for essentially two years and maybe. And here's the thing, John. Let's say you do bring back Jawan Taylor. Okay, and you and Cam's healthy to start the year, and it's Cam Robinson, Juwan Taylor, Walker Little's your swing tackle. End of the year or guard, R- or guard. But right. let, let's say the swing tackle. Let's yeah. say it was the same scenarios this year. End of next year, maybe you're offering Walker Little the big contract to play left tackle for you, and Cam Robinson then slides off the roster after that, two seasons. That's that's how. Uh, good functioning teams handle that situation, right? And then that may be the case. Look, I'm often don't don't. Twist this that I'm opposed to bringing back Juwan Taylor. I'm not. I'm right. just saying if it came down to one thing, I don't think it's as easy as we got to have a strong offensive line because – No, it's not an easy by, answer. Right. By right. moving on from this guy or that guy or not having Ridley or whatever, you're you're creating a different hole. I just think they're better prepared in the short term to deal with the yeah. absence of Juwan Taylor. Uh, that's presuming everybody stays right. healthy too. So, all right, uh, we'll come back. More of your thoughts on the other side if you want to get in at 641-1010. Maybe hear a little bit more from Trent Balky as well, speaking with the media yesterday. We got Johnny O along with us uh, here on this Wednesday. You're listening to Jaguars Today. 641-1010 is the number. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Oh, knows With Jaguars.com's John Osher. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars on 1010XL. All right, here we go. Jaguars today rolling on with Johnny O in the house as we kind of wrap up our thoughts on the season. Look ahead to the offseason as well. D-Rock in tomorrow. Tom McManus on Friday. Your calls welcome now at 641-1010. Let's go to Hussein in Michigan Checking in next here on Jaguars today. What's up, Hussein? Hey, Mike. How you doing, man? Hope all is well with you guys. We are excellent. Um, so, so my question is uh, regarding the pass rush. I think uh, would it be a good idea to bring in a guy like Brandon Graham in, in the offseason just due to the fact that if you look back at 28, uh, 2017 season, 
Um, I think one of the reasons why we didn't follow up with much uh, sustained success is I don't think there was much veteran leadership in the locker room other than Calais Campbell. So uh, I'll take the question off the air, and uh, I appreciate you guys taking my time. Yeah, you got it. I, I, I wouldn't bring in Brandon Graham for veteran leadership. I'd bring him in if I thought he was going to be able to replicate what he did or something close to what he did. By the way, I had a career high at the age of 34, and he made it turn 35 with 11 sacks this year. First double-digit season. But you go prior to 2021 when he was injured most of the year, uh, eight, eight and a half, four, nine and a half. So he's been a productive yeah. guy throughout his career. I don't have a problem with Brandon Graham. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I'd rather have Arden Key. Yeah, for uh, for the youth factor absolutely. alone, and because Arden made impact, even when he wasn't making sacks, you knew where he, he was. He was a leader for this team. Well, and to address leadership, they've got leaders, and they're in a good situation in the sense that a lot of the guys who were leaders were veterans who came in who did. I thought he did a great job leading. Uh, Kirk, Ingram, guys like that came in and were leaders. Now, are those guys going to be leaders in five years? You know, no, but I think the young guys, Trevor, will will. It'll be his team. It's his team yeah, now. It, but it right. It's his team now, and in two, three, four, it's going to be even more his team sure. as it goes along. I, I don't sense leadership being an issue at all. That they need to go out and find it right now. They may have needed it more in 2018 because they had a lot more volatile personalities that yeah. seem to be all about making sure they got taken care of. Everybody wants to be taken care of, right? right. Everybody wants to be fairly compensated, the whole nine yards. Uh, but there didn't seem to be any issues on that front for the most part this year. Nah. At least that became public. You know, right. there, there's always a disgruntled guy or two that you never quite hear about. But, look, Brandon Grant, by the way, uh, you know, if you go to one site, it'll tell you he's under contract, although it may have been voided. Uh, he may have hit some, I don't know, some performance escalators or something. But it appears like he is a free agent. But I do think those 11 sacks – might make him more expensive than a guy like Arden Key, even though the age factor is way in Arden Key's favor. Right. Much younger player. Um, it's not a superstar class of pass rushers out there. Marcus Davenport, who had a miserable season this year, he looked to be an ascending player prior yep. to this year, and he's never stayed healthy. Some people peg him as the number one guy on the market. <sighs> Then you got Unique Ngakwe. What are the chances of him reuniting here in Jacksonville? I'm thinking low. Radio silence. Right? Justin Houston is old as dirt, but he did have nine and a half sacks this year. Jadevian Clowney was a pain in the butt in Cleveland. Uh, wasn't happy with his role. Basically got thrown out the club there. You know, you got Melvin Ingram, Robert Quinn. All these guys are older players for the most part. And you get down to Arden Key and du even Dwan Smoot. Yeah. Yeah who might not have much of a market coming off of a major injury. You have I'd rather really spend the good... money on Deron Payne, if you're asking yeah. me. Oh, in terms of a defensive tackle, yeah. 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 Defensive yeah. lineman. Like, if they were going to do one or the other, I'd, I'd go with Payne. Oh, I hear you. I'm just saying, though, if you could just – if you're looking at an edge rusher, this sure. is kind of what you're looking at right yeah, here. That's a great lot. pass rushing class in 2017. Uh <laughs> there was some hope, at least, yeah, that it yeah. would be. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I mean, you're right. You're right. Some of those guys, you run yeah. back the clock. I mean, some of them were – like, Graham was very productive. Sure. You can have – and it's not like you're building your future. If you go out and sign a 34-year-old pass rusher and he comes in, he gives you, let's that's say, nine want, sacks. Right. That's fantastic. But you're right. To me, that's – if if you went out and signed a pass rusher 
and he came in and gave you what Arden Key gave you this year, you'd be happy with it. Right. I think if Arden Key played the amount of snaps, Brandon, and my guess is that Brandon Graham played significant more snaps for Philadelphia. And if that's the case, and plus you're surrounded by, I think they had four double-digit sack guys. When you've got that, yeah, it's, you, right. you're, you're going to focus on Brandon Graham? You're going to focus right. on this guy? That Who do you focus on? And so they all kind of start to snowball and feed off of each other. All right, let's uh, – a tour around the National Football League to the eyes of Tony Smith. Now, Gems Around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. San Francisco defensive end Charles Amenahu was arrested on a charge of misdemeanor domestic violence following an alleged incident with his girlfriend on Monday, according to San Jose's police department. According to an arrest report, the victim alleged that Amenahu pushed her to the ground during an argument. Offers say they did not, quote, observe any visible physical injuries, end quote, but she did complain of a pain to her arm. The victim denied medical attention at the scene. Per the San Jose PD, Amenahu has posted bail and is no longer in custody. The 49ers have said that they are aware of the matter and that they were gathering information in a statement they released yesterday. Minnesota running back Dalvin Cook will be replacing injured Dallas running back Tony Pollard in what's left of the Pro Bowl. It is Cook's fourth straight Pro Bowl appearance. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have requested permission to interview Jaguars passing game coordinator Jim Bob Cooter for their vacant offensive coordinator position. And Aaron Rodgers reiterated several times yesterday during an appearance on the Pat McAfee show that he hasn't made any decision regarding whether or not he will be playing next season yet. Rodgers signed a three-year deal with the Packers last offseason, has $59.465 million guaranteed for 2023 and a $31.6 million salary cap hit, which Rodgers also acknowledged that he could be open to reworking if he is going to get moved or returned to the Packers this year, but it certainly doesn't sound like he's willing to take less money, just spread it around over a couple years Mm -hmm. potentially. Exactly. All right, Um, John, uh, Chris Jackson – Jaguars wide receivers coach is going to Texas, University of Texas, mm-hmm. to take a job there. Uh, Jim Bob Cooter, uh, Jaguars passing game coordinator, is interviewing with the Buccaneers for their offensive coordinator job, which is a good thing, right? Yeah. That you've got guys that are on your staff that are being recognized as maybe even more valuable than the current position that they're in. Uh, how big of a loss uh, would the duo – I mean, they're going to lose Chris Jackson, yeah. but uh, – any big deal here or just a um, normal part of doing business? I think it's a normal part of doing business. And I'm not minimizing their uh, their impact, but uh, if you're putting together a staff, you want to have a good enough staff that this happens. And you want to be able to replace them with you know similar people and have those guys leave as well. I mean, uh, Jim Bob Cooter is a former offensive coordinator I don't think when Doug Peterson hired him for this staff, he said, I think Jim Bob will be here for five years with me in this very same role. So um, that's in what fact, you want. In fact, if you didn't have a passing game coordinator, I don't think anybody would have batted an eye. If you said, we right. got Mike McCoy to coach quarterbacks, we got Press Taylor as our OC, and I'm Doug Peterson, and I'm going to be calling plays. You'd have yeah. been like, hey, that's a hell of a group. I would think that he would, if Jim Bob leaves, I would think he would look for somebody else who had been a former coordinator uh, or in that in that ilk of experience for for that third set of eyes for, hey, let's make sure – hey, Jim, we have a question about this. You've seen this before. I, I, you like having that, uh, but I don't think you hire it with the idea that it's going to be there forever. You hire it with the idea, hey, 
one or two years, then we'll find somebody else when you go into bigger and better things. Which is the beauty, again, for the millionth time, of having an offensive play caller as your head coach because they're not going to steal that guy away, right? It's, it's, uh, I don't say you have to have it, but if you want to keep continuity for the offensive you, Look at Buffalo, right? They kept Sean McDermott, and there goes Brian Dable out the door. Right. And d- did that have an impact yeah. on Josh Allen and all the turnovers this year? Right. It's, Hard to say. I always referred, you know, you know, my time with the Colts, they had Tom Moore the entire time that Peyton was there uh, because he was a little older and, and, and was probably not going to be a head coach. Uh, it was critical to Peyton's development over that 12 or 13-year period Hard to do that if the head coach didn't call in place. All right, if you want to get in, still time for you on the other side at 641-1010. We'll take a look at the Chad and Sandy Real Estate question of the day and how you have voted in it thus far uh, on which one. If you can only have one, I'm still getting the replies. Well, since I think this is going to happen, I'm going to vote for this one. Your votes are getting deleted (laughs) by my magic Twitter delete marker. Um, So uh, they do not count, and I will factor that in. But uh, nearly 750 votes in that so far. Would you rather have Calvin Ridley reinstated, re-signing Evan Ingram, or re-signing Jawan Taylor? If only one could happen for people who can understand the question. There you have it uh, right there. It's Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Nobody knows the Jags like Johnny O. Oh, knows. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. On 1010XL. All right, we got to get to our uh, question of the day. So let's do this uh, in the form of a 1010 take. Then we got three on the line. We're going to get to all of you and see if we can go kind of rapid fire fashion with your thoughts. But uh, today's Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day if only one of these could happen. This offseason, which would you choose for the Jags? Calvin Ridley reinstated, re-sign Evan Ingram, re-sign Jawan Taylor. Which of those would be the most important for you, uh, E.T., if you don't mind? 10-10-10. take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 10-10 take. Brought to you by Northern Tool. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. We're made for this. All right, this is tough, man, I, really, because I am torn between the, the two pass-catching options, and I've gone back and forth. I'm going to say at the moment, I feel like Evan Ingram is the more important because if you don't have him, you're restarting from almost zero in the tight end room. Maybe you have to make that a high draft priority. I know a lot of mock drafts already have the Jags going tight end high. I don't see that happening, in my opinion. Not if Ingram's here. Right, if they bring Ingram back. Calvin Ridley would be a close second for me, but, uh, you know, had a pretty good pass attack this year without Calvin Ridley. Could you find another Marvin Jones level receiver to right. add to this? I think you could more readily than you could find a tight end that would make the impact Evan Ingram made. Tony, what do you vote for? Uh, I would vote Ridley. Okay. Uh, the potential to have a true top of the depth chart wide receiver that can stretch the field uh, for this offense. And and look at the people that have been responding. Well, they're going to do all three. I tend to think they're going to wind up getting at least two of the three done. I agree. Like, I think Ridley and Ingram are going to be here. But that if you could only have one. But if I could only have one, I'd want Ridley. Okay, John? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it so yep. uh, so much earlier. I'll go Taylor for the reason of uh, keeping and, and making the offensive line, which was a strength this year, even more of one and the base going forward. All right, E.T. gets to play the role of Fred Taylor on the uh, post game <laughs> now because uh, Fred gets a vote and a half. We're tied at 1-1-1. One, one, and one. E., who are you voting for? I think I'm going to go with Ingram because you know what we're get, we know what we're getting with Ingram. We just 
don't know. We're go, we're going off of potential with with Ridley, and I think with Jawan, I mean, we got we got other options with, with like uh, Walker Little or whatever. But I think I'm gonna go with Ingram just because of the production that he's given us, and we know what we're getting from him. That's a good point you make about Ridley. We hope that he's the Calvin Ridley right. of pre 2020. I guess pre 2020, right? Because yeah. he kind of like that season started to get kind of go off the rails a little bit for him. And, um, he, you know, his love of football, he was kind of like stepping away from the game, right? And and now it seems like that issue, he, he seems very enthusiastic about coming to play for Jacksonville. But that doesn't guarantee that he is the same exact player, and you got one year to figure that out. It's an absolutely fair question, and it, it will be uh, – if, you, if you're putting together a list of storylines for the Jags next year, it's one of the big ones. All right, let's uh, see if we can burn through these three calls here, uh, starting with Dave and Mandarin next up on Jaguars today. Go ahead, Dave. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. Yeah, appreciate you taking my call. I'm going to go with Jawan Taylor, man. I really do. What Double D said was uh, was right on, man. But my question is, how much say how much say does uh, does Trevor and uh, Shad Khan and all these guys have in that decision? Who makes those decisions? And I'll hang up and listen to you. Sure, Shad has as much say as he wants, but yeah. I would think he would defer to his football people. But if he wanted to, uh, it's his team. He has all the say if he chooses to exercise it. Um, yeah, I don't my- know that say is the. I mean. I think all four would vote yes. Yeah. Correct, but if, if it came down to, hey, Shad, we can only afford one of these guys, right. I think Shad would go, you guys make up your mind Correct. and tell me who's the best one. But if he wanted to, he owns sure. a team. He can do whatever he wants, right? right? I'm not going to sign the check <laughs> right. for this one. How much um, say does Shad have? He has as much say as he wants. Exactly, and <laughs> I think but he will defer to his football people. I think Trevor is clearly out there kind of campaigning for Evan Ingram. He wants him back, He says, you know, and maybe Jawan Taylor as yeah. well, right? And so – yeah, you want to. I think you want to take that into account, but at the same time, it's more like not just because Trevor's saying it, but because of the impact on him. Right. We're getting it. He advanced a lot this year. Let's not take a step back and lessen his weapons and protection. Let's let's continue to support the strength of this team, which is the quarterback. Yeah. So uh, Trevor has some say, um, but that doesn't mean they're going to take his word as gospel on every move that they ever make in the off season. Uh, David on the west side. Next up here on Jaguars today. Good morning, David. Hey, how you guys doing? All right, real quick. I'm going to be real quick. One, we drove we drove two days to Kansas City. We went to the game. Awesome. On the way, we stopped off at uh, um, Cartersville. We saw Trevor Lawrence's uh, high school, talked to his coaches, his teachers. It was badass. It, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to use that word. Second, um, I just want to ask about Ringo. What do you guys think about Ringo? Do you think we're going? To, that's going to our first draft pick. Lastly, Johnny O, I love you. I go to thrift stores and antique stores, and I picked up an annual. Did you go to Episcopal? I saw your I saw your picture in there. Did you go to Episcopal? It would be a weird answer if I said no, <laughs> because my picture was in there. Yes, I did. Uh, do Do I know who the Jags are going to take with the twenty fourth pick in the draft? I do not. Ringo Starr. Uh, no, Keely Ringo oh. of the University of Georgia. Uh, could they? Could he be a sure. contender? Yeah. Could he be gone and make this a moot question? Yes. D- do I think they're going to take Ringo? If I had to bet, I'd say no, because there's no I, there's no talent he'll even be available with the twenty fourth pick in the draft. So uh, way way too early to be specific. He's a defensive back for Georgia. Oh, oh, um, you know. So w- would you want a six two two hundred and ten pound corner? Yes, I would. I'd be okay with that, but do I think they take Ringo 
Uh, we're not even anywhere close to I think corners, narrowing down what a position. Decent possibility, maybe absolutely yeah. right. Let's see. You got to see what happens in free agency. You got to see what you know the the buzz says about how many cornerbacks are coming off the board before you even right. get a chance to pick. So, uh, is would he be uh, a terrible selection? No, it wouldn't appear that that would be the case. Uh, let's get John on the west side to close it out. Hi, John. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. What's Jaguar up for us today? Hands down, best uh, Jaguar coverage in the business. Appreciate you. Uh, the question is for uh, Johnny O, and I'll make it really quick. With what Kelsey did to us, not being able, I'm still a little chapped about the thing, and I know it's going to take a while to get over it. But after what Kelsey did to us, you let Handy drive 95 yards. You don't pressure a one-legged quarterback in the second half. Tight ends have been wearing us out all year long. Is it the scheme? Is Caldwell maybe over his head, and how do we fix it? And I'll take it off the air. Thank you, gentlemen. I I think you get better. I I don't think Caldwell is over his head. I you know I think the Chiefs were better and found a matchup they liked. Um, it's not like they didn't try to pressure Mahomes. By yeah, the way, and um, if, they they if, sent a lot of blitzes. Yeah, if at you the Chiefs, if you really go back, I watched the. A lot of the Kelsey plays. I thought there were a couple of plays where they probably got out-schemed. Uh, Andy Reid and that scheme are going to out-scheme you sometimes. I didn't think they – a lot of Kelsey's plays, he did a good job getting open. He did a good job staying short. I thought they gave him some. I thought they gave him a lot of the short stuff. Because they were trying to figure out what they could give that offense and not get beat over the top, too. Right, but so. that that to me – like. Three catches on that Henny drive were by Kelsey. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of the they, they I felt like he got too many easy yeah. catches in the game, which just were you know, it wasn't backbreakers, right. but when it's second and five and you're giving up six or seven, yeah. you know, it's an easy conversion. Yeah, I'm not a big uh change the scheme, uh, blame the scheme guy for years around here. People say we gotta switch to a three four, gotta switch to a three four, and now they want to go back to a four three because they were struggling at it. Well, that's how much more can you invest we're gonna play in the linebacker room? Year. Like they invested so much in the linebacker room, yeah. they can't cover a tight end. All right, uh, John, hold hold that thought before we say goodbye. Let's say hello to XL Primetime. Now the two minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet, keeping the sports world spinning with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. All right, we will let me, O'Brien, be the uh, approximately 800th vote in this uh, poll oh this morning. All right. Oh, wait, I heard this poll when I was driving into work. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. It's a, it's very close between it's a good one, the top but, two. But I got to tell you, I mean, I think that there's a chance that two or th all three of those things All right, you're, you're no longer eligible to <laughs> okay, the poll. You simply cannot follow directions, like I, half I, of Twitter. Like I was listening you're to no it. longer eligible to even discuss all the poll with us. All I can tell us. you don't, is Don't like, care what you think about it anymore. It's over. I was just going to say, is there a chance Calvin Ridley is not reinstated? Absolutely. But in talking to Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke this week and throughout the last three months, I would have to she think She might get banned be for this answer. I, I'm not hearing anything that's going on. I'm just yeah. not paying attention for being non-responsive to the question. It's a good hypothetical, question. but as you said What are you doing on your show today, Yes, uh, we have Jimmy Smith. Okay. Um, so that should already get your attention there. Uh, 1240, we have Jimmy Smith coming. And then we have the high school half hour. You'll get to hear from one of the newest high school football coaches here on the First Coast coming up in the 2 o'clock hour. And we have a very special surprise for what Friday's show is going to be that we'll announce coming off the top here in the 12 o'clock hour. Um, and that is on the heels, of course, of tomorrow. We will be at Mr. Tattoo where Leon Searcy will be getting his Jaguar <laughs> playoff. Tattoo. Can't wait. Mia, have That's a great show. Stuff. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, John, uh, last time we're going to talk to you in a little while, a little anyway. While. I'm sure you'll pop in 
uh, throughout the offseason uh, from time to time. But uh, what do you have cooking in the weeks ahead here at uh, Jaguars.com? Uh, some time off. We'll be looking back over the season, uh, doing some uh, key plays of the year, sort of some reflective stuff. And then uh, and at, at, at the end of February, we start uh, rolling with the combine. We'll be looking at mock drafts and all the stuff you do in the offseason that got delayed for three weeks this year. Uh, it was nice. It was, it was right? And, and you think about it, because we haven't been in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we are approximately a week away from the tragic late signing of Doug Peterson last year, right. the one-year anniversary. Right. And there are every team that has an opening still hasn't hired anybody. Right. So I guess maybe they're following our pattern now. That That's right. maybe you wait and try to get the right guy instead of well, they uh, sure did. You know, reacting as quickly as possible. Yeah, to, I don't know if I don't know if waiting was the reason they got the right guy. I don't sure either. But they sure got him. Yeah. Right. So any, I just find it interesting. Like I don't hear any, like any social media angst from all these other fan bases going, when are we going to get this guy, right? right? Like, uh, yeah, I think everyone's waiting for the Sean Payton domino to fall. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it. And then uh, everything else will fall in line. All right. Uh, thank you to those of you who understand uh, how to read and uh, <laughs> answered the the poll question the way it's written. If only one of these things could happen this offseason, which one would you choose for the Jaguars? I think all three might happen, Mike. Calvin Ridley reinstated. <laughs> That's why John's not coming back next week. Calvin Ridley reinstated getting 49%. Resigning Evan Ingram at 46.5 and resigning Jawan Taylor at 4.6%. Uh, if you could only have one of those. Thank you to those of you who could understand the concept of the question. That'll do it for us today. For Tony Smith, for Johnny O, Donovan Darius, and of course my man ET, I'm Mike Dempsey. Jaguars today returns tomorrow from 10 to noon on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Go Jacksonville! Go!